Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Hello and welcome into Tapped Out with producer Jake Noaker and my co-host Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. We'll talk fighting and make a little money along the way for the next hour here on the BetQL Network. We have our official main event for UFC 300. It is, um, it's, it's all right. We'll talk about it as the show rolls on. But first, BT, let's take a look back at last Saturday night, UFC 298, where Ilya Taporia knocked out Alexander Volkanovsky in the second round. Um, Volk is one of the greatest fighters of all time. And for a long time, it looked like he was impossible to finish. Now he's got to finish in his last two fights, both in very violent fashion. What's your come away from Taporia Volkanovsky? Uh, my first, I mean, my first takeaway is Taporia is the real deal. I mean, he, he said what he was going to do and he did it in vicious fashion. Um, you know, I thought Volk looked decent in the first round, but I mean, I don't think he threw anything that really worried Taporia the entire time. And, uh, it was just, you know, it was just a matter of time in that second round, but yeah, it's a cruel, this is a, it's a cruel sport, man, because just as we saw with Kamar Usman, who looked like maybe he was the lone guy who was going to knock on the door of the, the, the ghost of GSP as welterweight goat. And then you go and you lose what three straight, three out of four. Um, and in, in, in some of them in brutal fashion, this is kind of the same thing that Volk has gone through. We were this close to him being double champ and, you know, beating Islam Makachev. And now he's, you know, lost three out of four fights. So it's, 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 it's tough. It's a tough takeaway. I feel bad for Volkanovsky. Um, you know, I, 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 I know that he's raring to get up for the, uh, for the rematch. I don't know. I, I think he should probably take some time. You get knocked out that. The, that closely together I think it would it would do him well to maybe take some time away I know that he hates that because he likes to stay active but I just uh, I think after a loss like that and after losses like that I don't necessarily know if a rematch uh does a whole lot for anybody and you mentioned Volkanovsky not falling off but maybe not at his prime anymore three straight losses same thing with Izzy, same thing with Usman, same thing with Tony Ferguson and Connor. We're going to talk about that coming up here in a little while. Kind of the fall from grace from some of the greatest fighters in the history of the octagon. We'll talk about what's next from the Volkanovsky perspective. But first, let's start with the champion, Ilya Taporia. I've seen some people say that he's got a chance to be champ champ, that he's got a chance to be champ champ champ, that he's going to hold this belt for a really long time. So what do you think is the most logical next fight for Ilya Taporia? It's so funny, man. Like everybody goes to immediately the, uh, the champ, champ, champ stuff. I mean, like it's one of those where it's like, I, I just want him to defend the division. I guess I'm old school like that. I'm just like, I don't know. Like, let's see who wins this weekend between Yair and Brian Ortega. And let's see if either one of them seem like an exciting matchup against a new champion. I mean, Look, you've had a guy in Volkanovski who's reigned over this division for a very long time. I'm kind of excited to see Max Holloway be eligible to fight for the featherweight title again and Yair see if he can get back to the top. And, you know, I just think that there are some there's some good names there at 145 that you could put up against Ilya Taporia. Um, the one name that if they want to do a crossover that I think would be probably the biggest is if O'Malley wins at 299 in Miami and you wanted to set uh set up a featherweight title down the line for that I mean that that would I feel like be an absolute killer card but then you also wonder about the UFC do they want to pin up probably their two youngest brightest stars up against each other and lose the shine on one of them but uh I would definitely be down for that and O'Malley I guess this week sounds like he's uh into that too honestly all those that you just threw out there I don't want to say they gave me the goosies but they got me kind of excited 
the Max one did. That one gave me the goosies, dude. Like Max Holloway getting a chance to fight for the belt again. That's so awesome if he could be champion. He's not old, but like in fight years, he feels like he is. O'Malley would be awesome. Ilya Taporia versus Yair or Ortega. Like, I'm down for all these. All right, what about the Volkanovsky side of things? Because all he's done for years is fought for titles, and that's not going to be the case in his next fight. You say he should take some time off. Is there something? Is there somewhere obvious next for Alexander Volkanovsky? Yeah, it's tough because, look, he has reigned over that division for a very long time, and I think logic would say he does deserve a rematch at some point. I just or or another crack at the title at some point, and I think for sure that's fair. I just think that the way it's a little different is he has fought for belts his last two fights, and he's lost. So and he's gotten knocked out pretty viciously. So. I just think there's I, – I just would like to see how the division shakes out. I guess the – you don't want a scenario, I guess, where Max ends up winning the belt and then you got to face Volkanovski. So, I get it. You kind of want to get to this rematch while it's hot. I just don't have a lot of interest in it right now. I feel like it's uh, – I, I just feel like Taporia made his point there. Um, could Volkanovski do better the next time around? Yeah, certainly he could. But I would if you told me that they would turn this around in – you know, July, I'd be like, that's a little quick. I think if you're Volkanovsky, like maybe shoot for the MSG card, like later on in the year. Um, but, but yeah, get, get your health right, man. Those were two, those were two brutal shots that he took. Tobin and the sports machine talking a little fighting here on the BetQL network. All right. The Reaper friend of the show, Robert Whitaker took out Paolo Costa by decision. That was an awesome fight. We talked about Max maybe getting one more shot at a title. Does the Reaper have one more title run in him? Yeah, he's the. He, it sucks for him because he's in this spot right now where you know both guys who are kind of circling the top right now in DDP and Izzy have the wins over him. But uh, probably came away most impressed this weekend with Robert Whitaker than anybody else because he looks like he can get right back to to what he does and. You know, for people who want to take away credit for, you know, who it was against Paulo Costa, like, I don't know, man. I think Paulo Costa, I mean, first of all, nearly knocked him out with that wheel kick in the end of the first round. I was like, holy, I don't know how the hell Robert Whitaker took that shot. No idea how he was able to take that shot and keep going, but he did. And then you just saw him with those, that, that patented, like, lead, you know, check hook that is always like he's kind of jumping into – that's really fat. He looked fast, man. He looked really, really fast, and he looks like he's still got some good years and, and some good tread on the tire. So, I mean, yeah, I, I went into this weekend. I was more worried about Robert Whitaker's age and prime than I was Volkanovski's, and uh, the opposite turned out to be true. Robert Whitaker looks like he's got some he's got some good fight in him. He's got some dog left in him, and uh, and Volkanovski is the one who's I guess searching for some stuff right now. Yeah, that shot you're talking about would have put out the electricity in the whole neighborhood and somehow he stood tall and ultimately ends up winning that fight. Yeah. Robert Whitaker is a beast. All right. Split decision for Ian Gary over Jeff Neal. And then afterwards, Ian Gary calls out Colby Covington, weird kind of fight, weird kind of finish, weird kind of call out. What do you make of the Ian Gary, Jeff Neal fight? I'm just, you know, I just think with with Ian Gary, all of the drama is is just seems like hey, they're trying so hard for him to be Conor McGregor, and it seems like every fight he goes in there, and this is the thing that made Conor special is Conor would like he was Mystic Mac. He'd predict the round and he knocked that dude out in that round and was doing it through. You just can call absolute... me Mystic Mac because I predict yeah. these things. And it's like with Ian Gary. You know, like, what is he? He's like Irish Leon Edwards. Like, you know, they're kind of boring point <laughs> fights. I'm serious. Like, Leon Edwards was kept from the title forever. Like, tell me the difference between Leon Edwards and, and, and Ian Gary on the come up. They're the same. Well, and... one of them is black and one of them is white. But besides that, they're the exact same guy. I'll give you that. Yeah, but, like, it's one of the – and, by the way, there's rumors that Leon knocked his ass out in, in camp, and that's why he had to leave that camp. So – I don't know. I, I think that the thing is you can see people definitely care about him. They react to him, but I don't know what he wants to be. Like, does he want to be the, the, the heel? Um, because he calls out Colby Covington. And I'm like, you're kind of the striking version of Colby Covington. This all feels like an act. Your fights aren't that exciting. Sure. You got cardio for days. 
I see the star potential, but I need like I need the signature performances to come through for him. And the Colby fight really, I mean, who, who's whose brand right now is lamer than Colby Covington's? Like that fight doesn't do anything for me. Um, I, I I just I, I cringe at thinking about the lead up of that fight. That's what I was gonna say. Is why call out Colby like after a win? Maybe if you would have gone out there and got your ass kicked, you say to the media, "Hey, I'll fight Colby to get my good name back" or something like that. But what? As you said, Colby's brand, if he was a stock, is as low as it could possibly be. Ian Gary, Ian Gary, kind of like Patty Pimblett. Like this time a year and a half ago, everybody wanted to watch him fight and hear him talk. And now I'm kind of good on either one. So, I'm yeah, I mean, look, he's the, not the difference. No, but the difference is, like, I definitely see the talent. Like, I think with Patty, there's holes in that game. Like, I, split decision, I don't, that was a terrible scorecard. He, he, he definitely won all the cards. Uh, he, he definitely won this fight and should have on all judges scorecards. That was a terrible choice by those guys, but it just feels like, Hey, you're in with these veterans and you know, Neil Magny and, and Jeff Neal. And it's like, you know, you're supposed to be the young guy and show them a little something. And they're kind of showing you, you know, I he's not quite ready to put away anybody yet. So I don't know, man. I'm just, I, I think he's got a lot to prove. I don't think it's as much as the talent question like Patty is. Like Patty, I think we we're just like, is this guy going to be any good? I can see why this guy could be champion. It's just like his star power to the entertainment value of his fights is a little bit lopsided for me. I, I'll agree with you that, that Ian Gary is a better fighter than Patty Pimblett, but not by a ton. I don't think either one of them are championship level. I think that both of them have to still show me we thought they were. This time a year ago, we kind of thought both of them were, or a year and a half ago maybe, I, at some point. And now I can probably tell you that I, I doubt Ian Gary, maybe he fights for a belt. I'd be shocked if he ever wins one. Not shocked. I'd be surprised. I be shocked. Patty, is this, it, it, but you'd be shocked. If you, if you looked right now, because he's six after the rankings came out this week, which is a spot behind Colby. He's got a shot. He's six. Um, but if you told me like of the guys who are up top there, I think Leon Edwards is still leaps and bounds above him. Bilal is leaps and bounds above him. Shavkat, I think would dice him up. Gilbert Burns, I think would be a big issue for him. Um, Sean Brady's an interesting one. I think honestly, that's a more interesting matchup to me than any of them. Um, but yeah, he's just, I, I just think that I'm waiting for him to have that, that star performance and, uh, been a me while. Too. So the easiest money of the night was the one that we thought it was going to be, which was Marab the Machine Davalashvili taking out Henry Cejudo. I'm trying to tell you guys, never bet against a guy called the Machine. Uh, he ended up going off as a minus 300, so you couldn't make a whole lot of money on him. At this point for Marab, just what do you do? Just wait until they give you a title shot? Yeah, I mean... It's an interesting time right now because there doesn't seem to really be a rhyme or reason to who gets title shots. Um, True. because you know, Sean O'Malley is fighting Cheeto. Marab deserved that shot. I know they said that they, he was injured. He fought before Sean O'Malley did. So it really made no sense as to why he's not. And, you know, to hear Sean this week on Helwani talk about like, well, you know, I don't know how people are, you know, Marab doesn't do anything for me. It's like, this is where I get a little bit nutty with the young kids. Doesn't do it for you. Dude, you've been championship. You've been champion for three seconds. You, you've had like two impressive fights. Don't tell me, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't get my juices flowing. You fought a bunch of bums the first five, five fights of your career. Like if Taporia wants to say that, I'll give it to him. Like that dude got to the title shot like this, but oh, Marab bores me. So what? Fight the guy who deserves the fight. Well, first of all, I think that we're going to get a tweet from Sean O'Malley after this. Not that you're wrong. And second of all, well, you kind of are wrong. He did fight Cheeto early on in his career. Like, it's not like he fought nobody. He fought Cheeto Vera. And, Cheeto and he Vera. didn't win. Right. That's what I'm saying. Also, you're pretending like oh, it doesn't make any sense. It makes all the sense. We know why it's Cheeto and not Marab. Because that way, if o O'Malley beats Cheeto, he can fight both of them opposed to losing to Marab, and then they lose their champion and they got to figure it out. So yeah, we were going to see like, this rematch at some point. But Okay, but like it's like Bilal not getting the shot. It's like, why? What is the reason for him not getting the shot? I, I'm sorry. Like, what is this? Like, if a guy, Bilal, if there's a clear, 
you can only go so far in denying clear number one contenders. Okay, I get it. If there's a tie, tie goes to the runner, most entertaining fight, or if a guy wins a bunch of fights in a row and you want to throw him a bone, like they've done that with Izzy before, I can be okay sure. with that. But like, I'm sorry. Marab Davalishvili deserves the title shot. This is not a debate. If we're a real sport and not hocus pocus wrestling TKO, wee, then you give Marab the damn title shot. This is so stupid that it's even a debate or that Sean O'Malley even has say in it. He's not a boxer. He's in UFC. Defend your belt against who deserves the shot for the belt. All right, fair enough. As far as Bilal goes, we can't use him as our example when guys get screwed anymore because nobody gets more screwed by the UFC than Bilal Muhammad. And I don't understand. It's like he did something to somebody at some point along the way because there have been so many different times over the last three, four years where he should have gotten X fight and it was so obvious and they just pass him over. The latest news is, Remember, we thought Leon Edwards was going to fight him at UFC 300. It turns out that Leon was given not one, not two, but three different opponents, none of which were Bilal Muhammad. So, again, we can talk about that for the next hour. Just Let's just call it what it is. Dana or the UFC or somebody has no interest in that guy. And it sucks because this is the company he works for. He's worked his way all the way to the top, and they won't let him fight for a belt. Like, it's it's Yeah, but it's like... When did this all of a sudden become a thing? Like, first of all, Leon Edwards is that big of a star. We got to protect him from a title fight. Like, it, it, Leon Edwards, I mean, Leon Edwards, Bilal Muhammad, as far as entertaining fights. Yes, Leon has the kick heard around the world. The rest of his resume is not like, I, I mean, if you want to, you know, go, if you're having a little trouble uh, getting to sleep and you want to throw on some matches from throwing some Leon Edwards, you'll be bored by the third round. I don't understand yeah. when we've decided who are the guys who are ruled out, and it, it's weird to me. Well, we can't have boring versus boring. That's going to draw nobody, especially as a main event. Would you pay, honestly, would you pay your hard-earned money for a main event, let's call it 303, whatever it is, to see Bilal Muhammad fight Leon Edwards? I'm good. I'll just sleep through it. No, I'll see that fight. I want to see that fight. All right, well, you're a nerd. Uh, Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine here, talking a little fighting here on Tapped Out. Uh, Fluffy Hernandez. Sub copy love actually made a little bit of money on that one, and then it was Amanda Lemos by decision over Mackenzie Dern. I'm sure you saw that Mackenzie Dern threw her hands up like she won. That's got to suck. Tough. That was tough. That, that is a tough, tough look for Mackenzie Dern. I, and it double sucked because I had my money on Mackenzie Dern. I threw my hands up at the same time, and then we both found out that she lost. Uh, that's Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. On the other side, we talk a little bit of UFC Mexico and some fires that have fallen from grace. Fallen, fallen. Right here on the BetQL Network. Welcome back into Tapped Out, talking a little fighting here on the BetQL Network. Coming up on Saturday night, UFC Mexico. Right back in the octagon goes the UFC. Brandon Moreno, a heavy favorite, minus 275, takes on Brandon Royval at plus 210. You know me, man. I almost ever, never bet against Brandon Moreno. I am Viva Mexico all the way, but... Uh, Baby, I like it raw. I don't know. Oh, something's no. telling me. Brandon Royval, the raw dog, takes him out. Plus 210? I like the underdog on Saturday night. Where's your money going? 
I'm going like it was the last time around. TKO, Brandon Moreno. I'm getting plus 350 on that. I'm going to go with Brandon Moreno. A quick turnaround for Roy Vall, so I appreciate him getting back in there, but nah, man. I mean, I, I mean, like I'm going, I'm going with Brandon Moreno to get this done. He's done it before against Roy Vall, so get that. I'll take a little bit of that, uh, that that good method money, um, because minus three ten is steep. I mean, they're they're really like they're not giving Roy Vall much of a shot here, but I just didn't love the way that he looked. Uh, I thought he had so many holes his last time around against Pantoja, man. Um, still a fighter who's fun, but I don't know if he's quite ready at that elite level yet. Hey, Pantoja's pretty good. Breaking news. Uh, what number could you get Moreno by knockout? So here's what you got. You got Moreno by points is plus 175. Moreno by KO is plus 350. Moreno by Ooh. sub is plus 350. Uh, Royval by decisions plus 600. Royval by knockout. I think this is where you're going to go. Because I know you you love a big number. Plus eight hundred. Yes, sir. Plus eight hundred yes, for Roy Ball by KO. And then uh Although, Roy Ball by Brandon is plus eight hundred. Brandon not the easiest guy to knock out. And you're right. Roy Ball didn't look great last time out. How about this one, dude? Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. Anytime Brian Ortega fights, I'm excited just because it's so rare. Like, it feels like, you know, you're seeing some sort of a crazy zebra leopard fish thing that doesn't exist in the wild. Ortega, an underdog at plus 130. Yeah, here's the favorite. No surprise in this fight at minus 155. I keep going back and forth, right? Because, yeah, here's a guy that can beat you in a million different ways. And then I'm like, well, so can Brian Ortega, right? It's not just his BJJ, but he can also knock you out. I don't bet against Brian Ortega. His eyes are too pretty. Not as pretty as yours, BT, but wow. that guy's got some pretty eyes. Uh, Dreamy? I'll take him at plus 130. Underdogs all night long for your boy. Who you play? I understand. Well, you, are you, like, looking at Because, like, last week was crazy. I think, like, favorites were, what were they, 11-0 and 0 up until, uh, uh, until Taboria won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, Taboria was the only dog that that uh, that pulled through yesterday. So, you are you going on a dog flip? You think the dogs are going to bark this up uh this week is their due. How can they not? I mean, I like playing the underdogs in UFC more than any sport anyway, just because of the nature of the beast. But only one underdog won on the whole fight card last week. Yes, obviously, mm-hmm. we're gonna, the dogs are going to be barking on Saturday night. All right. So I'm concerned because Ortega has not fought in a while. The last time we saw him was this last fight when they were supposed to fight on uh, on, on an ABC card. They were the feature. He uh, was getting pretty pieced up. Then he suffers the shoulder injury. I thought Yair looked really good. He then, of course, goes on to beat Josh Emmett. He wins the uh, the interim title before losing to Volk and getting pummeled by Volk. Rough loss that he's coming off of, but he's taken some time. That was back in July of 2023. Uh, Yair uh, or Brian Ortega hasn't fought since July of 2022, so it's been a long time. It ha- it's been a it's been a long time. I don't know, man. I, I I like Yair, and I honestly I'm thinking Yair by KO. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna finish him. Our producer Jake points out that that Mexico City thin air obviously oh my god, wall. brutal, it, 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 brutal, brutal. I mean, literally, we've seen the great Cain Velasquez be able to the, not be able to handle it. So we'll see. But if it goes into deep water. Also, also a five-round fight, too. They're scheduling this for five. So Wow. Like, and that's that a rarity. That's yeah, crazy. no, absolutely. That is a long 25 minutes to fight in Mexico. That is <laughs> – that's crazy. Um, All right. Raul Rosas I, Jr. also on this card, taking on Ricky Tersois, plus 185 for the dog. Rosas Jr. is minus 225. We've seen him look great. We've seen him look – okay we seen him look pretty bad early on in his career what role rosas jr do we see on saturday night uh i think we see a game one i think that he fixed a lot i remember i was at his uh his loss in miami and uh i just thought that like he just looked like a kid against a man and a guy was betting him and you know doing all those old man tricks i think that he learned from that um no way this kid's not going to be a stud i think the fact that they they're putting him on on such high high grounds and I think he knows all the things that he's got to, to to put together to get this one done. So I'm going Rosas to get the job done. I think he wins it by sub and uh, and pulls it off, which is like plus 240 right now for him to win by sub. That's good value, plus 240. Rosas Jr. likes to come out 
just run right across that octagon and try to snatch your neck. So I like that by sub at plus 240. All right, you mentioned old guys, right? Like the last, or, or when we saw Rosas Jr. lose. There have been a lot of old guys and old gals that are first ballot UFC Hall of Famers, the all-time greats in the two and a half years that we've been doing this show where these people have kind of um, gone downhill a little bit. Let's just call it what it is. Starting off with Alexander Volkanovsky, three losses in a row, right? Two of them came to Islam last Saturday night to Ilya Taporia, two of them by knockout. You said earlier on that you think Volk deserves to fight for a title ma- uh, rematch right away. I'll push back just a little bit. I mean, three straight losses. At that point, I would say as great as you are. And I was ready to put him on Mount Rushmore of UFC fighters just last week. So I don't feel that different about him. The only thing I'll say is you got to win a fight. Like at some point, we can't just keep giving you a shot to win the belt. You have to win a fight. And even though he won whatever it was, 12, 13, 15 in a row, leading up to those three losses, those three losses are there. So I don't think Volk's next fight should be for the belt. I think it should be against maybe a top up-and-comer, knock him off, and then fight for the belt. But, like, who? Like, I'll give you right now. I'll give you the the top five. Like, all of the guys in the top five, he's beaten. You know, Arnold Allen. Like, he's got to go prove it to you against Arnold Allen to get a title shot because he's, you know, just, he's not going to fight Max I, I, I know again. What you're saying. I know what you're saying, but, like, Arnold Allen, if, if they fought next – you it, would take Arnold out based on the way, based on the way that Volkanovski's gotten knocked out the last two times. Yes, Volk would be a favorite, but he if wouldn't it was be a pick minus. Him or you're telling me, hold on, if it was pick him, or you're telling me if like you could get really good value on Arnold Allen, I don't need really good value. Be plus one seventy five at this point on Arnold Allen, and that's more. I like Arnold Allen, but it's Volk's just not the same guy. Sorry, BT, you got to face it. Sometimes we all get old. This this thirty five number is is uh, very frightening because yeah I think title fights there's only been one guy in title fights thirty five or older to win I think and I think it was Tyron Woodley against Till but well Glover Teixeira was seven no no it's one seven no 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 let me uh, let me clarify the stat is the hundred seventy pound weight class and under there's only been gotcha. one title win and it's and it's I think Tyron Woodley beating Darren Till. 155 and under never happened. A 35 year old has never won a title fight. So there is, there does appear to be an age line of demarcation that people are really buying into here, but I just can't get to the point. Like, dude, we've seen guys like a Robert Whitaker last week, right? And you just, I can't rule some of these guys out against Arnold Allen. I'm not going to pick Volkanovsky. Would I pick him against Deporia? Probably not. Taporia looked like he dominated him pretty good, but I don't want to see him fight for the next eight months. I think, or I'll give him seven months. He needs a break. He needs a break. Do a title fight, even if it's an O'Malley super fight, because that would be fun if O'Malley and him do end up winning, whatever. Uh, But he definitely deserves his next fight to be for the belt. That's crazy. He's never lost a featherweight up until that point. I would take him against O'Malley for the record. If he fought Taporia, you'd be crazy to put your money on him based on what we just saw. And I think he'd be a pretty sizable underdog in that rematch if that's the next fight we see for both of them. Izzy, also two losses this year, Pereira and Strickland. When I say this year, I mean it's calendar year. And then Kamaru Usman. Who do you think, like, if one of these guys is to fight for a belt at some point again, who's more likely? Usman with his three losses, Leon twice, and Hamzat, or Israel Adesanya? Probably Izzy, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure Izzy. I mean, Izzy's probably going to fight for the belt next. Um, If not that, you know, maybe some super fight with Hamza, but no, I think Izzy's going to be right back in there. Too dominant in that division. He's, But he's done the right thing. Like, that's... That's what I would do if I was Volkanovsky. You know, like Izzy was at a point where he had lost two out of three. All right, it's September. He's probably going to come back sometime in the summer. That's that's perfect. You know, like take eight, nine months off, gather yourself, give him a title shot. Everybody will be fired up for it. Well, they're boys, right? So they could have a little conversation and figure that whole thing out. Uh, Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine here on the BetQL Network. The guy that's fallen the furthest from grace since we've been doing this radio show is Tony Ferguson. Dude, when we started doing this show, El Kikui was on a 14-fight winning streak. He was on a 14-fight winning streak, and we were talking about him fighting for a belt. 
And since then, he's lost to Patty and Bobby and Nate and Michael Chandler and Benil Daryush, get comfortable, and Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. Not only has he lost now seven fights in a row, but if you notice in kind of reverse order, mm. the fights are like the competition's getting so much weaker. Yeah, he lost to Gaethje to start this losing streak. No big deal. Then Charles Oliveira, it happens. Then Benil Daryush. But since then, Bobby Green and Patty Pimblett, dude, what are you doing? You know what's funny though? Like if you if I if I had a time machine, right? And I went back yeah. to me in 2018 and they actually were gonna make, let's say Khabib and Tony in another dimension actually happened, I'd be like, Yeah, I'm still bet I'm still betting Tony against Khabib. I don't care. Me too. I'm still, I'm me still too. betting him. I'm still betting him. And then you still look at him now and it's like Khabib's in the all-time great conversation. It sucks for Tony Ferguson because Ferguson's still an all-time great, but he's going out like Cowboy Cerrone, where we're going to, not me or you, but some people are going to unfortunately remember this version of Tony Ferguson. Uh, Conor McGregor falls into this list. He's lost three of four, but he's Conor, so he's got that going for him. He's always going to keep getting chances. Valentina, a couple straight losses, both those to Grasso. The women's division, we've talked about this a few times. They need some sort of a shot in the arm, pun intended. Uh, because we, you know, the last few years, no more Ioannio Jacek and no more Amanda and no more Ronda Rousey. There has to be somebody. Thug Rose, two losses in a row as well. All right. I just depressed myself talking about some of our favorite fighters that are a little bit down. So I need to bring myself back up, which means I got to beat you up. Sorry, dude. In the next segment, it's called You're Gonna Fight Me right here on the BetQL Network. Step into the cage with Brendan Tobin in Are You Gonna Fight Me? I'm gonna fight your ass. Here on Tapped Out. That's right, fight me like a man. Only on the BetQL Network. You know the rules. I want a good, clean fight. When I tell you to break, I want you to step back out my command and break. And I go back to the corner and come out fighting at the bell. 
Welcome back to the show with Jake Nolicker and Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, and I was just looking at the odds here at BetMGM, and believe it or not, they've got odds for you and I going at it. And I'm a heavy favorite in this fight coming up. I'm like a, well, I'm up to a minus 350 to win this segment. Here we go. It's called You're Gonna Fight Me. Michael Chandler called out Conor McGregor during Monday Night Raw. Uh, Do you think that Michael Chandler, I should say, I think that Michael Chandler once this fight goes down, I think he's going to be favored to win the fight come fight, man. I know Conor McGregor, you got to pay the tax. He's much more popular. Nobody wants to bet against him. But if you bet on Conor McGregor to beat Michael Chandler, you're an idiot. I think Chandler's going to be favored come fight night. You going to fight me? Absolutely going to fight you. No shot that he's the favorite. Doesn't mean he's not going to win, but if you're going to tell me who's going to be the betting line favorite by the time they enter that cage, it'll absolutely be uh, notorious. And... Uh, Let's just get this fight going already. I'm really I'm I'm sick of these guys dancing around in the UFC not making this happen or Connor not making it happen and Michael Chandler going on WWE like enough already. Just make the fight happen already. Sick of at this, this point. Yeah. At this point, you could just tell me the result like an old school video game. Like I don't even need to play. Just tell me who won. Because I do want to see it, but they've drugged this thing out for so damn long that it's been teaser. It's been this year. It's been this fight. It's been this stadium. It's been this opponent. And now we're still back to square one where it's Chandler versus McGregor. So I don't even care who's favorite. I don't even care who wins. Let's just get that damn thing over with. Uh, TJ Dillashaw says that Alexander Volkanovsky fought, quote, scared versus Ilya Taporia. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with TJ Dillashaw. Now, Alexander Volkanovsky did get kicked in the head the fight before this, so I don't blame him for being a little bit timid. Uh, you're going to fight me if I say Volk fought scared on Saturday night. Um, I, I hate that word, but I understand what he's saying. Like, I don't think we saw the Volk that we saw against Max Holloway, you know, with the, you know being in the pocket and getting the best of him there. I think we definitely saw a guy who was more cautious, and I think, only natural like he did just get head kicked i think that you know you you say all the right things and you feel like you're mentally strong but you get in there and the the arms and limbs start firing again i I do think there was a level of volkanovsky playing it safe i don't like to say scared but i'm being a bit of a semantic samurai there i get it yeah you are all right that's fine he didn't look quite as aggressive if that suits your fancy i like that better comes out it's very yeah, better okay. to say he's not scared. He likes that better. Okay. Um, we're just like, what are we? A week away? Two weeks away? The Ngannou Joshua fight is right around the corner. Um, you're gonna fight me if I say somebody's ass is getting knocked out in that one. Now I also said that in the Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou fight, and nobody got knocked out. And Tyson Fury, if anybody was gonna get knocked out that night, it was gonna be him. He did get knocked down. Uh, you're gonna fight me if I say. Ngannou Joshua, somebody's definitely getting knocked out. I I don't know. I, I think that it's possible that it goes the distance. I mean, we saw him and uh, and Tyson Fury go the distance. I think somebody will definitely touch the canvas. I think that's for sure. But then for sure. the one thing I always got to watch out for with AJ is sometimes if he feels like he's got a guy beat, he'll really let up on the gas. He's a gentleman. I don't think that he wants to go out there. He doesn't have that killer instinct like a Deontay Wilder does, or even a Tyson Fury does when Tyson Fury is right. Um, But I think I really feel like my instinct on this one is Francis is going to get pieced up in this fight. I I think AJ has been fighting really great. He has looked a lot better. Um, I, I think that Francis is, He's not going to get slept on in this fight. Now, maybe he still comes with the the thunder of God with that hand that he's got, um, and he still puts down AJ. AJ has definitely shown a propensity to get knocked out. That is that is true. But I don't think he's going to have the element of surprise here, and I think the way AJ has been fighting lately, it's going to be a problem for, uh, for, for uh, Francis Ngannou in this matchup. Well, we're going to find out. If you're right, what you said about Tyson Fury the first time around, where you were saying, even by his standards, he was in bad shape and he didn't train for it. He was kind of half-assing it. We're going to find out because let's say that, let's say that Ngannou looks similar. Let's say that you could argue at the end of this thing that he beat Joshua. Then what? 
then why even fight mixed martial arts and not just become a boxer and take $20 million paydays? Uh, man, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think at that point, the only thing, the only argument I guess would be is if he goes and he looks great against Joshua, who the hell is going to fight him? I mean, like, is he going to go right. fight Usyk and, and Usyk's going to fight him being way tinier than him? So I think that's the real question. Um, the other interesting thing would be, would that finally put somebody in a place where they can uh, convince Tyson or convince AJ and the money would be big enough to come over to MMA? That would be the exciting thing uh, to see if fun- somebody would finally do that. I think if anybody would do it, honestly, it might be wilder. Um, and I would love to see that. The only problem with that is the reason why it works to cross over MMA to boxing is because boxing is typically one of the skills that a, quote, mixed martial artist has. Let's call it what it is. They all can box a little bit. It's not the same for a boxer, right? Like, they don't necessarily have those other skills, and that takes a long time to develop. I mean, you can just ask our producer, Jake, who's been rolling out BJJ for a couple of years. Going from belt to belt is pretty tough, so I don't – Yes, I'm interested. I would love to see what an Anthony Joshua or a Tyson Fury would look like, you know, trying to get out of a heel hook or a neck crank or something like that. But I just I don't know if we're there just yet. I think it's still probably a little ways away. Yeah, but the other thing is, like, let's be real about it. Like, Francis Ngannou is not going to be Hoist Gracie in there. Like, if he's going into a cage with these guys, he's going to throw bombs at them. You probably were saying that in the the fight versus uh, Cyril Gaon, weren't you? Don't be cute. Like I'm talking about like, he's not going to go in there. Like surreal Ghani had to do that because his, his knees were busted up and that's how he had to go in. Surreal Ghan stinks at that. He's not going to go fight Tyson Fury and, you know, grind it out for th- like, everybody would crush him if he did that against a boxer. Wow. I just felt like uh Sophia, like your dog. Don't be cute. Okay. Yeah, sorry, dad. My bad. You give me bad, sass, dad. dude. Okay. My bad. Ground me. Uh, Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine Challenge. This is what happens when we fight each other here on the BetQL Network. See, he's getting pieced up. Now he's getting upset. Uh, Izzy versus Hamzat, rumored for UFC 303. Uh, you're going to fight me if I say Hamzat would beat him. I don't think he'd ragdoll him, right? It'd be a very interesting clash of styles. Izzy wanting to keep it on the feet. Hamzat wanting to take it to the ground. If we do see that fight, I think Hamzat beats Izzy. You're going to fight me? Not sold on Hamzat. Got to see it. I don't think I don't think he's going to beat Izzy. Um, now we have seen Izzy get taken down by Pajeda before. So like guys with not the resume of wrestling that that Hamzat have have gotten Izzy to the ground. But you know Izzy's also shown some pretty good stuff against like a Marvin Vittori before. He's absolutely destroyed him. I think that he know he's smart enough to know how to like keep. Hamza at the distance and I I have serious questions about Hamza's hands I don't think this is a guy that you know does well when uh you know when when that first tank of gas is gone with the uh the striking he uh he is not the same guy talk a little more boxing here Brendan Tobin sports machine Sean Levine on tapped out uh Canelo fighting coming up on Cinco de Mayo weekend I know you're a huge Canelo guy you're gonna fight me if I say I think Manny Pacquiao's had a better career than Canelo Alvarez Oh, um, no, I'm not going to fight you on that. I mean, you know, only eight division world champion fought, I would say, you know, fought the, the greats of the greats in many, many divisions, worked his way all the way up from like featherweight to welterweight to, you know, super welterweight. I, uh, I would still go Manny. I think Manny's more beloved and you know, I think that Canelo, I don't really, it's weird here at the end because Canelo's now getting to this point where he doesn't want to do the fights because he feels like there's nothing to lose. I feel like he has a great opportunity here to fight Terrence Crawford, beat Terrence Crawford, fight David Benavidez. And it seems like he's leaning fighting Charlo and Munguia. And I'm like, well, what are we doing, dude? Like what that now we're playing it safe because he was always a guy who took risks early in his career. It is kind of weird how, you think the Bud Crawford fight would be one of, if not the biggest fight of all time. I know Canelo's maybe at the back end of his prime, but there's still a chance that he could beat him. He'd go in as an underdog. Do you think Canelo could beat him? Because, like, after watching Bud piece up Errol Spence, I don't think anybody can beat Terrence Crawford. 
I would pick Terrence Crawford to win, but I think that Canelo could absolutely win that fight. I think he absolutely could win that fight. He is he's very, very skilled and 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 that he is been in there with a bunch of bigger punchers than Bud. Uh now the pure boxers that he's gone in there with, Austin Trout, Ares Landy Lara, Floyd Mayweather, those guys who are super, super slick, Bevol, guys who are super slick and can be disciplined in a fight yeah they can give him headaches from time to time but i don't think bud's gonna fight like that i feel like bud would come into this fight and he would look to engage and make it a fun fight and i think that if it's if it's something that's in the pocket he's gonna have those opportunities aren't they close to the same age bt because everybody would think oh canelo alvarez is the older fighter because we've been watching is he is bud older yeah yeah i think that's crazy fighters are tough to pin the tail on the donkey for their age. Like, if you just asked me right now, how old is Max Holloway before I looked it up, I would have said he's 73 years old. How is that guy 32? It doesn't make any sense. Um, Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine. That's it for the You're Gonna Fight Me portion of the show. We'll wrap things up on the other side. UFC 300 is official. We have the card. UFC 299 is right around the corner. BT is going to be in the house. And our main event for UFC 300, you know how I feel about it? I'll tell you next, right here on Tapped Out. our main event for ufc 300 we've been talking about it long enough welcome back into the show final segment of tapped out with bt on the sports machine sean levine when ufc 300 kind of first came into my existence and i thought all right they better start to figure out this card sean o'malley came to mind and then i saw all right he's fighting ufc 299 conor mcgregor came to mind found out that he's not going to be ready to fight in time thought about john jones john jones is injured all the obvious ones kind of thrown right out the door and then it was like well that's all right they'll figure it out and they'll put together some super fight at some point i thought it was going to be izzy i thought we were going to see hamzad there was talk of ronda rousey i mean i thought maybe it was going to be khabib versus the bear that he fought when he was a child a rematch 20 years later i would have been cool with any of these things and then i find out that ufc 300's main event is wait for it Jamal Hill versus Alex Pereira. Now, I don't want to pretend like I'm not excited for that fight. I don't want to pretend like that thing should be on a fight night or anything like that. But, dude, that's our UFC 300 main event. A little anticlimactic, right? Definitely can't say that it's not a letdown, but it's a letdown for the wrong reason, Sean. Uh, it's, it's, it's Dana White's fault that it's a letdown because – he kept teasing us and playing this whack-a-mole like he had an ace up his sleeve, and he didn't. He was bluffing the entire time. He had nothing. He kept trying to do things to make it seem like he had this super fight that was around the corner. And really, truly, if he would have just gone... First of all, I didn't think this fight was possible because I thought Jamal Hill was still mending from the Achilles. I didn't know that this was something that could have been made. Um, but... If he would have just gone and been like, hey, this is the card. This is what we're going with. This is the next three months. Look what we have. 298, 299, 300. Right? I think this is a fan base. Like, if you would have just come out and said, oh, we hate this, then you're just in great bastards. Like, I don't know what to tell you. But the idea that there was this shell game of, oh, no, 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 no. That's maybe there's a Super Bowl commercial and maybe Connor's coming back and maybe Brock Lesnar and maybe there's the... And it's just like, it just kept going and going and going. And then it's like, we're, 
now we're going to go to Leon, but it's only going to be Leon if it's not Bilal. It's like, what? what? Like, I, first of all, can we just say, what the hell is that where you tell Leon Edwards, he said yes to three opponents, but you didn't pick any of them? What is that? And like, you're, you're, so you're sitting here and saying like, we don't, we really don't want to give the rifle number one contender at welterweight. So we gave three offers to Leon. He said yes to all of them, but we don't like Leon that much either. So then we just decided we're going with this light heavyweight title. It's, it's just so strange, but if they, if they would have just handled this with just, Hey, these are the fights. This is the card. We will all, we would have all, I think been fired up. It was this whole cat and mouse game. They played what fight though. What opponent for Leon would have changed your mind from what you're saying right now? If it was Leon versus Hamzat, would you have patted Dane on the back and said, all right, that's the fight that I was not really for. like, no, not really. But, but, but like, it's just hilarious that it, it's such a, it's such a funny thing to say. Cause Dana White thinks he's complimenting Leon when he says that, when he's like, oh, I got to tell you this Leon, he, he said yes to every opponent that we offered him, but you didn't give him any of the opponents that you offered him for whatever reason. And then like you have this number one contender that's just saying, yeah, that we didn't even offer him. Like, so you like, you're like, Hey, thanks. It's like, it's like an attaboy, you know, like, thanks, Leon. We'll see you at three Oh two. I think part of it is because you're talking about the entire card and how great it is and two ninety nine, how great it is. And the pay-per-view we just got was pretty good. Like we're getting a little spoiled here. Can't really complain. Here's the problem. And I'm, Part of this group also because if you remember ufc 100 and all the card all the fights they put at the top remember that was the night that dan henderson knocked out michael biz being one of if not the most famous punch in ufc history and then of course at ufc 200 even though it completely fell apart it was supposed to be john jones versus daniel cormier like we were going to get the biggest fight possible so i think that's why people expected to get this great super fight a couple of guys we couldn't imagine going at it against each other and now we're getting this for our main event. So, again, don't want to talk too much smack because Jamal Hill versus Alex Pereira is a great fight. It's just, to me, I actually did this. I took the liberty of making, for, for, for my interest, in the order of UFC 300 fights, here's how it goes. I think the most interesting fight is the BMF fight. Gaethje versus Holloway. Gaethje's the favorite in that fight. The second fight I'm most excited for, Sarukian versus Charles Oliveira. You know I love Dubronx. After mm -hmm. that... Wei Li versus Jean, the all-Chinese matchup for the belt. Honestly, dude, I can't put this matchup of Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira, higher than fourth on the entire card. And that's the issue is if you're going to tell me it's the main event of UFC 300, it has to at least be the obvious best fight on the card, right? I would agree with that. I would say, like, if you if you really wanted to do this, you would say, hey, what should be the main event? It definitely should be Max versus Justin. Um, like, that's... Those are the two most popular guys on this card. That's the best fight on this card that I think everybody's most excited to see. And then you're going to follow it up with, it's going to be a long night, dude. Cause that's the thing is like, long, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever building it's going to be. And you're like, Oh, it's good in theory to say we like three title fights. I'm not a huge fan of those nights when they do three title fights. First of all, they're very long. It's very long nights. Everybody gets a big intro. Everybody gets a, a Bruce buffer you know, center of the octagon. Everybody gets all that treatment and then all the fights have to deliver and most of the time they don't. Usually there's going to be at least one of those is going to be a five-round stinker. So it's going to be a long night. It's a good fight. I I just never thought of it because I didn't think Jamal was healthy. But yeah, to your point, like even if you told me like, hey, are you more excited to see the strawweight title or are you more excited to see Bo Nickel that night? Or are you more excited to see um kayla harrison's debut and i'd be like yeah you could, i'd say i'd probably be more excited to see those two guys two two individuals just to see them back in action as opposed to some of the stuff they have on the main card it's a great card but it was just weird that we kept playing this oh no 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 you guys are gonna love it you're gonna love it and i just think if i just wish dana white would start treating his fans a little bit with a little bit more credit, you know? And I think that if you would have been a little bit more transparent this entire time, I think the fan base would be cool. It's the same thing with the Connor thing. Like this whole song and dance we're doing with Connor. And he's like, well, why is it? He was asked like, well, what's going on? Are you guys negotiating with him? And he's like, well, 
Connor, would Connor, would you want to fight if you had a bazillion dollars? Like what that stop with the, the, the verbal jujitsu. Like, do you know, like why he's not fighting and why isn't he fighting? Like we've had so much time and we have no clear answers. I thought it was, he was hurt. Then I thought it was the drug testing. Now all of a sudden he's too rich to fight. He says he wants to fight. Chandler says he wants to fight. Where the hell's the fight? Well, also, my bad is an acceptable answer for Dana White to come up to the microphone and go, my bad. I was trying. Here's honestly what I was trying to do, guys. I was trying to get D.C. to come out of retirement and John Jones to miraculously heal up and those guys to fight. And I was doing everything I could to get. I was throwing that out there, obviously. And I couldn't get it done. So this is the card that you're getting. But instead, he's always got to be perfect, right? I had an ex-girlfriend this way, and ultimately, that's why we broke up. Like, you're never wrong. You're always right. And that's a problem to some extent with... Yeah, when you're the the leader, when you're the dictator, when you make all the decisions, and then we're just fans of the sport because we're not that ignorant to go, oh, my God, Jamal Hill versus Alex Pereira? Gather friends and family for that one. Oh, what do you want, 80? I'll give you 800. Now, that, of course, that's not that type of fight. And I think no, he it's knows a great that. Look, uh, it's, it's a banger, it's man. A I mean, call. like you're talking about two of the best knockout artists in the, in the world, but it's a – it's a fight nerds fight. Like you got, like, I mean, I could go down the street here today. I'd be like, do you know who the light heavyweight champion of the world is? Cause they've had the belt for like three seconds for the last five champions. Can you name who the, the like, can you name who the light heavyweight champion of the world is like, the problem that's, that's too, sorry to cut you off. I was going to say the BMF, like that's become really cool. Just those three letters in the belt and mm -hmm. the fights have been good. So that fight obviously has cachet. And then you talk about some of the rest of the fights on the card. Like, if you were curious, by the way, why BT was saying it was going to be a long night, and it is, get your caffeine and your Adderall and your sleep ready for that night. Three title fights, each one five rounds. Therefore, it's going to be longer. All the special introductions for that night. So we're talking about probably like a, I don't know, get comfortable for four or five, There's going to be a hours. bunch of, you know, you know, they're going to announce like nine Hall of Famers too. Like, it's going to sure. be like, oh. You know, it's going to be a night and they'll have everybody there. They'll do interviews. Hey, Brock Lesnar's here. What do you say, Brock? Don't complain though. You know what I mean? Like we've been looking forward to this. One, so that's one of those. I'm, I'm willing to take it all in. Cater, Aljo, Nickel, Brundage, Cody versus. I mean, I'm, I'm ready for Cody versus Figgy. I know it's not like the biggest. It's an amazing fight, card. It is. It's, it's an amazing fight. card. It's just so weird that we got to go through these songs and dances the entire time of like, oh, well, I got something up my sleeve, everybody. And it's like, you got what do you say? What do you say to Shavkat Rachmanov? And I'm like the biggest Shavkat Rachmanov fan there is at like Rat Hat and all, you know, but why does Shavkat get the shot over Bilal Muhammad? That makes zero sense. I don't understand. I Shavkat was hurt anyway. Now they're willing to offer it to injured fighters over Bilal Muhammad. Goodness gracious. All right. Uh, next pay-per-view, by the way. We do have one between what we just saw, 298 to Poria's knockout of Volkanovski and the main event, Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira of UFC 300. And that is in Miami. That is Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera. We've got a couple of weeks to break that one down as well as hopefully line up some of the fighters on that card because that's a good one too. Dustin Poirier, Benoit Saint-Denis, Kevin Holland versus MVP. How about that one? Your boy Gilbert Burns versus Jack Della Magdalena and Piotr Jan versus Song Yadong. What a great card. What a great couple of pay-per-views we've got coming up and we'll break them all down and make some money along the way right here. For Jake Nowaker and Brendan Tobin, I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, and we'll catch up with you next week right here on Tapped Out.